The following episode contains major plot points that may spoil movies for some viewers. A spoiler warning is now in effect. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Abbey Normal Podcast. I am your host, Colin. And I'm Aaliyah. And this is our first episode of the year for season four. Yep. Which is pretty much of a cool achievement that we've gotten this far within season-wise. Yeah. And I think we mentioned last Mm. time that we're hoping this year we'll have... (laughs) more accomplished for the podcast we'll be able to do more things for the podcast and i know like this past couple weeks with kyle and i having taken some time away from the podcast to kind of work and get through the holidays yeah and reflect kind of sort of yeah sort of reflect yeah i'm excited because one of the things that we have coming up for the podcast is i'm going to be getting into more digital art and designing things for the podcast so maybe sometime this year we'll have merch for everybody yep because i got you that uh that ipad for christmas Mm -hmm. which uh it was totally worth it yeah as soon as i get the apple pencil i'll start working on those yeah but yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, and I want some t-shirts too. Not just to like sell to people, but I kind of want one for myself. Yeah. You know, just to kind of be like, hey, this is my show. You yeah. know, But I don't want to be that cocky. <laughs> but, uh, but no, but today we actually are doing a segment that we're actually thinking about doing for a couple this year, which is uh, talk about cryptids. Yeah. Yeah, not, so, not cryptic the way I've said it in the past, but yeah, no. Yeah, so we went to a New Year's Eve party a while back, and Colin was wearing his cryptid button-up shirt that he got from our trip to Salem a couple years ago. Yep, which is actually probably the most expensive shirt I've ever bought. And Colin really does enjoy cryptids, and I realize Mm -hmm. a lot lately that whenever I talk about topics that Colin likes and is very interested in, he gets more involved in the conversation. So I thought it would be fun... If we talked about cryptids, we'll go a bit into the details or backstories behind them, and then we'll probably discuss some horror movies that yeah. feature these cryptids. Yeah, even it'll though it might not be too many, but yes. But I think it'll be fun. But it know? will be fun. And yeah. you know what? And I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, because like she said, I am a very big fan of cryptics and just the unknown and where these creatures come from and what are these creatures exactly. Yeah, it's funny because I'm like the opposite. I hate the unknown it kind of freaks me out sometimes which i feel like is a common fear for a lot of people but when it comes to cryptids i don't know i mean it's funny because if you had asked me like when i was in grade school like what my favorite cryptid was i mean i probably wouldn't know what a cryptid even was either but when i was in grade school i had a huge fascination with the Loch Ness monster something about that grainy photograph that's always shown when people talk about the Loch Ness monster has a certain mystique to it yeah that intrigues me Exactly. So, yeah. I, I used to really get into the Loch Ness monster, but now I have like you have other new interests. new favorites because your taste for cryptic uh, cryptids have evolved a little bit. Yeah, but it's kind of like <laughs> that with me too. I mean, the first cryptid I ever remember from when I was a kid was Bigfoot, and I was always a huge fan of it because Dad would always talk about it as a kid and well, growing up. And I've been on expedition hunts with my dad to uh, over Prattsburg to find out if there is existence of bigfoot but i will not go into that because that's a whole different story and also the first time i've ever heard about bigfoot was the first time i ever watched harry and the hendersons Mm -hmm. and i was a big i love that movie so much and i kind of wish that harry was the typical uh bigfoot lookalike 
Right. Which he, yeah, he just was like this big, lovable, big teddy bear. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard about cryptics was the Bigfoot and watching Henry and the Hendersons for the first time. So, like, you want to get into this yes. cryptid episode? So, this episode, we're going to be discussing the story of the Chupacabra. Yep. And where but, it comes from and what it is. But first, I wanted to get into a little bit about cryptids, <laughs> a little bit more into the explanation as to what they are. Mm-hmm. So, cryptids are animals that cryptozoologists believe may exist somewhere in the wild but are not believed to exist by mainstream sciences. Mm. Cryptozoology is a pseudoscience which primarily looks at informational stories and other claims that are rejected by scientific communities. While biologists regularly identify new species following established scientific methodology, cryptozoologists focus on entities mentioned in the folklore record and rumor. So this is like a science based off of what you believe mm-hmm. and based off of like first-hand or second-hand accounts of witnesses who claim to have seen something. Yeah. I mean, that's how it usually goes, right? You know, anything that's ever been noticed or anything is from witnesses, you know? Right. So we're talking about the chupacabra today. And mm-hmm. what is the chupacabra? The chupacabra or chupacabras is plural is a creature of folklore in parts of northern and southern America. The name loosely translates to goat sucker and is often described as a hairless reptilian creature of large to medium sizes that closely resembles that of kangaroos or dogs. Yes, and I always thought it did it was a reptile to me because it has that lizard-like face to it, like some of the pictures I've seen of a chupacabra. Yeah, some variations and i'll post some pictures of them on our social medias but some variations have different depictions of what they look like and i think actually the most common artistic depictions of these are essentially just hairless dogs and there actually is a breed of dogs called sholo dogs um they're the mexican hairless dogs and they are often mistaken as chupacabras because Mm -hmm. they tend to live out in the desert regions in parts of latin america and the southwest of the United States. So they're common, but not that common because when people do see them, especially if they hang around like livestock or other domestic animals, they can oftentimes be mistaken as a chupacabra. Yeah, exactly. Right. So what were the first sightings of the chupacabra? While there is no definitive origin of how the chupacabra came to be, the earliest sightings of this cryptid were during a series of livestock killings in the small town of Mocha, Puerto Rico in 1975. Initially, it was suspected that the killings were committed by a satanic cult, but more killings were reported around the area and many farms reported loss of animal life. Each of the animals were reported to have had its body bled dry through a series of small circular incisions, so kind of like bite marks. Yeah, exactly. In 1995, the name was coined by comedian Silverio Perez in regards to more attacks on livestock farms and domestic animals. And actually, I wanted to backtrack a little bit because these physical descriptions were also similar to a fictional creature on the movie Species, which was released in 1995. Have Mm -hmm. you ever heard of that movie or seen it? No, I mean, you were telling me this, right? The Chupacabra Terror or something? No, this is, it's a movie called Species. Oh, Species, yes. And it's about an alien creature or some sort of creature hiding in the woods and these hikers. I didn't know know Species was about that, about Chupacabra. It's not technically about chupacabras, like it's not specifically mentioned, but it's just the way it looks is similar to what these people were describing back in 95, which is when this movie was released. And some actually 
when people were investigating these reportings, most of the eyewitnesses had in fact seen the movie. So okay. it only made their story more incredible. Sounds incredible. Or invalid, I should say. Or invalid. Okay, right. never mind then. So are there any movies about <laughs> chupacabras? According to IMDb, there are about 21 films and documentaries based on the legend and myths surrounding the chupacabra. The top three most popular ones are Indigenous, which was released in 2014, directed by Alistair Orr. Chupacabra Dark Seas, also known as Chupacabra Terror, that was released in 2005, directed by John Shepard, mm -hmm. which we will cover more into later. And The Chupacabra vs. The Alamo, which was a 2013 TV movie directed by Terry Ingram. Have you ever heard of any of these movies? I know I've talked to you about Chupacabra mm -hmm. Dark Seas before. Yeah, but I've never seen or heard of these because... For me, that I've noticed about the Chupacabra as a very underrated character, and plus I never really knew that really had any movies. Because right. they never really were big. Like, these are more underground B-movies. Right. You know, and that's how I kind of feel like the Chupacabra is. It's kind of a, a B-movie for all the cryptic creatures. So, the one we're going to be talking about today, like I said, Chupacabra, The Dark Seas. It's one that I've seen quite a few times. It was released on January 29th of 2005, and it has a runtime of an hour and 29 minutes. Hmm. And like I said, it was directed by John Shepard, also co-written by him. It stars, and I'm going to probably butcher some of these names, I apologize if I do, John Reese Davis, or Davies, Dylan Neal, Shellen Simmons, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right, I apologize, <laughs> Giancarlo Esposito, who most of you may know from Breaking Bad and the new series Kaleidoscope on Netflix. Paula Shaw, Mark Vignello as the Chupacabra Monster. And there were various crew members who also played small roles in this movie. Mm -hmm. But the synopsis goes, when cryptozoologist Dr. Piana traps the legendary Chupacabra on a remote Caribbean island, he smuggles it aboard a cruise ship with disastrous results. Huh. What do you think so far? I just think that they're going for a disaster for this one. Is this a movie that you would probably watch? Uh. Maybe not. Like, if I saw it and just kind of see how it is and stuff, like, probably looked at it. If I was looking at this when I was younger, I'd look at it and be like, no, probably not. But now it's like my curiosity is like, I want to see if it's good or not. Like, kind of like, you can't you can't deny it until you try it. Yeah, and like the, problem, thing. the problem with this is because it's such a low-budget movie. Like, even if you look at Giancarlo's filmography, it's not really listed on his filmography mm. because it's a very low budget small movie and i will say for what it is you can tell i mean it's released in 2005 it kind of gives off this appearance that it was probably shot in like the 80s or 90s it, it looks pretty old yeah for what it is i remember watching it a few times because right around the time that this movie was released my family and i were going on some cruise trips so i thought this was very interesting and it almost has a bit of like a titanic-esque ending to it almost Oh. And yeah, so there's that. And it's really not available on too many streaming services unless you have like premium subscriptions to Hulu. That's the only way you'd be able to watch it. Yeah. Or YouTube even. But other than that, I mean, it's a very low budget movie. Okay. I don't know if it holds up well nowadays. Probably not. But, but... but it's it's the only Chupacabra film that I've ever watched that I kind of quite enjoyed. I think you would enjoy it, but I don't know. 
what would it be? Almost 18 years now that movie was released? Like Probably. 2005? Yeah, because last year would have been 17. Like yeah. we always do, I'm going to go through the plot mm-hmm. and talk about some <laughs> post and pre-production notes. Mm-hmm. But here's some pre-production ones that I thought were really interesting to note. A cargo ship was used as the cruise ship, and moreover, a resort hotel was on the verge of closing and was used for both the interior and exterior of the cruise ship shots. Mm-hmm. The Chupacabra costume was made of foam latex over an undersuit, dental acrylics for te- for the teeth, and it was broken down into like pants parts, body parts, gloves, a hood, hands, and then the face prosthetics. Mm. Filmmakers initially wanted the Chupacabra to have glowing red eyes, but ultimately decided to pass on this particular idea because they wanted to make the Chupacabra as realistic as possible. It was originally supposed to have wings. Yeah. I'm going to post pictures of what it looks like in it the movie. It looks ridiculous. Besides being realistic, it looks ridiculous. It's very humanoid in appearance. Yeah. But it's kind it's, of creepy looking. Kind of like, have you ever watched those humanoid movies from like the early 80s? Like, it looks like those type of like mass, like bodysuit like style. It's very much how I would depict a vampire to look in a very grotesque... When we've talked about vampires, there's different renditions of what a vampire looks like. Mm -hmm. And traditionally, vampires are very pretty looking, in lack of a better word. In media and movies. In media and movies and whatever, they're pretty looking. Yeah, because they romanticize the vampire. Exactly, in most depictions of vampire stories. But in other variations of vampire stories or movies, they are grotesque looking. They look more bat humanoid-esque. They're very, very off-putting. But this is kind of like this, the design for this is how I would imagine a grotesque looking vampire to look. Right. Okay. The Jupacabra suit itself actually weighed 40 pounds, and Mark, the actor, spent upwards of 12 hours a day in the suit. Both suits were uncomfortable for different reasons, and he stated the robotic monster suit was extremely hot, and he had to wear a skull cap, which affixed to the helmet he wore on his head. He said, was not made for me, so after a couple of hours, my head would begin to throb. The chupacabra was was difficult because I couldn't get in and out of the thing fast enough. There was a palate that was clipped over my own teeth, which made speaking difficult and eating impossible. But the production was the most sympathetic and concerned group I have worked with to date and in turn helped me save my energy so I can stay in the suit longer. And according to him, furthermore, the the description of the Chupacabra was vague, but there were specific design elements we had to incorporate due to plot points. We wanted to do something different than what has been done before, and there were two obstacles, budget and time. The entire build, which was a two-part chupacabra suit, three parts of hands, four parts of feet, two heads, and seven faces, miscellaneous wounds, gashes, and body parts for 15 days. Not a lot of time by any standard, but compounding that with everything was done from scratch. In other words, there was nothing pre-existing that we refurbished. It was all original. Ah. So does that change your opinion a little bit about how this well, I mean, chupacabra looks? I mean, yes and no. I mean, I know traditionally I always keep with what it looks like. Right. Because you know, that's the way it looks like. I mean, sure, everyone can, you can make it different. You can make it more ugly. You can make it more pretty. But that doesn't mean that's what exactly what the chupacabra looks like. Right. And I have to keep in mind, too, when people make these sorts of movies where there's usually an actor or actors in bodysuits, is that these sort of suits can take 
hours to put on and then that actor has to be in that suit for hours just to do shooting and you have to work with the time because of course lighting is everything so depending on how long you're in that suit determines how good or bad your day is going to be yeah but at least they don't have any pdsd like makeup issues like the you mean ptsd ptsd issues that's what i said but mm-hmm. like like jim carrey from the grinch right and i mean that that of itself i mean i doug jones is another good example of an actor who has to do this thing constantly he's always in makeup he's always in prosthetics he's Which one's doug jones again uh, he played Billy Butcherson in Hocus Pocus. Oh, yeah, never mind. Yeah, good point. He's always in bodysuits, and he does this sort of thing mm. for a living. So you can imagine how that kind of stress can not only do probably not wonders for your body, but, I mean, exactly, it, it, it takes a lot of time just to not only put it on, but to take it off. Mm-hmm. And you ha- like I said, you have to be in that suit for hours. Imagine that kind of mental stress it takes on you after a good amount of time. True. But anyway, any other points you want to talk about before I get into the plot? Uh, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. I'm going to get into the plot. So Dr. Panna, a cryptozoologist, manages to capture Chupacabra on a remote Caribbean island and smuggles it aboard the cruise ship called the Regent Queen, commanded by Captain Randolph. With the assistance of his young daughter and the ship's fitness instructor, Jenny, the Regent Queen has been experiencing a rash of burglaries and a federal marshal, Lance Thompson, is brought on the ship to investigate. Unfortunately, crew members sneak into the cargo hold on their break and their curiosity gets the better of them. They accidentally unlock the shipping container holding the creature. It kills them and escapes into the ship. When bodies start turning up, all passengers are ordered back into their cabins. However, an old woman is trying to catch her shih tzu, which is a dog. She follows it into the casino where she finds, to her horror, the chupacabra devouring her dog. It's not a pretty scene. One I don't recommend if you are a person who doesn't like death scenes to small animals. Especially dogs. Yes. Which I know Leah hates that. Seeing the woman a better meal, the beast attacks and eats her. U.S. Navy SEALs are called in to help stop the creature, but their efforts are hindered by Dr. Piana, who believes the creature's life is more valuable than the lives of those aboard. Because keep in mind, his whole... He's a cryptozoologist, so his whole career is based on proving the existence of these creatures. To him, it's worth more, not just in terms of money, but his credibility to ensure that he can bring this creature back fully intact to prove its existence so his name means something in the world of cryptozoology. Yes. Okay. The Navy SEALs are killed off one by one by the beast, and Dr. Pina resorts to using Jenny as live bait to recapture the chupacabra. However, he is foiled when the beast outsmarts and fatally wounds him. Jenny is saved by Lance, and they meet up with her father, who has set the engines to explode as all the other passengers have been evacuated. They flee on a lifeboat moments before the ship blows up and sinks the ship, taking the beast with it. As a group watches the ship sink, Captain Randolph tells Jenny and Lance that he has decided to retire and write his memoirs. What do you think? It's cool. I mean, obviously, there's a lot more to it than just what I've read. Yeah, there are always more. Like, when you read the plot, it's like, it's just the plot of what the movie's doing, but there's a lot more to it when you watch it. Right. I just read somewhere that it <laughs> there are DVD releases for this movie. I swear to God, we're not finding it. 
If I can find a copy of it, we're not watching it. I am gonna make you watch it. We're not. You're not gonna make me watch it, even with all the money in the world. No. Nope. There was a movie we watched recently that you actually enjoyed. What was it? <sighs> mean Girls. Yes. Shut up. I made you watch Mean Girls during our little holiday break, and you uh, actually enjoyed it. Well, that movie was, I will say, fetch. But he, yes. You said it was a more milder version of Heather's. Oh, it's a very mild version of Heather's. I mean, besides no killings or anything like, like that, yes, it's pretty much Heather's, but like a 2000 spin and like very light on the dark. Right. You know? It's like, it's like I look at Heather's as a dark black coffee without really like a little bit of cream, a little bit of sugar, but it's mostly dark black coffee. Mm-hmm. And then when you get Mean Girls, Mean Girls, it's like almost like a like a frappuccino with a little bit of like twist of a like um, a kick. Okay. I don't know. I feel, but that's what I kind of look at it as. <laughs> oh no! So Are you serious? Oh wait. Oh, that's oh, it's for. Um, oh, that's bring it on. <laughs> I just opened up my Instagram and the little theater page. Had a thing that said "so fetch" from I, the little theater, I'm so but then mad. you scroll over and it's "bring it on" screenshots. So I'm yeah. like, okay, never oh, come mind. Come on, never mind. I almost thought that they were like doing uh, listening to girls. us a bit and being yeah. like, "Let's watch Mean Girls at the little theater." So the government is not the only ones that are listening to it's us. It's the little theater, anyway. <laughs> going back to the Chupacabra movie, it had a body count of somewhere between 24 to 25, and I only say that because IMDb had two different variations of how the body count was tallied. I don't know if that extra one had something to do with maybe they didn't count the dog or maybe they did count the dog. I don't know. Not many people count dog deaths in horror movies or animal deaths of any kind. Yeah, I see see that. Will you at least give it a chance? Like, if I can find it on DVD, Mm -hmm. will you at least give it a chance? I guess so. You can't deny it until you try it. I want to keep in mind and for everybody to know that Colin subjects me to watching a lot of movies that I don't care for. No, but it's okay. That's why I agree to watch it. Good. All right, because I'm being a good sport here. You've been a good sport to me in the past. So it's good that both people can agree on this. Right. Yes, so I'm going to be a good sport and I will watch this horrible fucking movie if you ever find it. First of all, you don't know if it's horrible yet. Mm-hmm. You don't know if it's horrible yet. Yes, but, oh, that's fine. But listen, other than that, did you want to go on with your spiel, or do you have anything else in mind? No, I think, I mean, I pretty much covered everything I think we could cover about the Chupacabra. Yeah. I will recommend, though, over our holiday break, I started listening to the podcast That's Spooky, Johnny and Tyler from Canada, mm-hmm. and Tyler actually covered the Chupacabra in a more detailed story on his podcast, so if you want a more detailed story of the Chupacabra, I would definitely go recommend you listen to it. And I'm so far on episode 63, I think, because I, I just started this like a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so far they've covered the Chupacabra and the Jersey Devil. I don't know if they covered others, but if I do ever hear of it, I'll try to Wait, take I was more. about to say, did you listen to all 63 episodes? Yeah, but there, there's more. There's more. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's 200. Yeah, there's like over 200 episodes that they've posted so far. I was going to say, I, for a couple weeks of just listening to this and you're on your 64th episode, that's pretty dedicating. Yeah, well, I've listened, I listen to podcasts when I work. So I work eight hours a day. So depending on what podcasts I have to ke- catch up and listen to throughout the week, I'll sometimes <sighs> listen to about three or four 
like episodes of that spooky throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And they're really funny. I do like their podcast. I, I kind of need to get back into listening to podcasts because during the holiday season, I was actually listening to Peter Billingsley's um, Billingsley. Billingsley is that Billingsley? Okay, yes. Peter Billingsley. Bill. Sound it out. Billingsley and Billingsley. Billingsley. Bonjour. Billingsley. Billingsley. Yes. Yes. Anyway, his Christmas podcast, they they talk about Christmas movies, whether they've worked on them or not, and classics, and I thought it was actually a pretty good um, podcast to listen to. Next time you have trouble pronouncing a word, I'm going to be like, sound it out, say it with me, forever. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Forever. Right. Oh my God. No, seriously, I don't want to be mean when you keep like um, (laughs) belittling me or whatever when you be like, sound it out. Yeah, so I don't want to be mean, but yes. I do it sometimes, though, for myself. Like, I don't care if I sound slow. I just care about sounding, like, pronunciating it right. Yeah. But there's other podcasts I do want to get back listening to. Or, like, uh, I meant pronouncing, not pronunciating. That's not even a word. Sound it out. Okay, now you know how it feels. Anyway. I took enunciating and pronouncing and combined it together. Then, which is kind of what I just did. Yeah? Yeah, when you... When you sound it out, you're enunciating each syllable so that it sounds cohesive. Wow, so you're innovative. Am I? Kind of. Did I just come up with a word that actually makes sense? Yeah, say the word again. Pronunciating. Well, pronouncing. Well, pronunciating. It's. I thought that was an actual word. It's pronouncing something with emphasis. Oh God! Now this is gonna. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. This is gonna go to her head now. I don't know. She's like, it's, I did it. I'm like, did I do? I'm like, it's like one of those moments where it's like, did I just do a thing that like makes sense? <laughs> oh my god, stop it! You're make me cough in laughter. Let me know, because I'm like, I did I just do something here? Pronun- no, well, pronunci- <laughs> pronunciating—that's an actual word. Pronunciating. Well, it's pronouncing something pronunciating. and enunciating it. Yeah, pronunciating. I thought that was an actual word, but I don't know. Anyway, I digress. Anyway, before we so, get into illiteracy. Yes, but there was another show that I want to get back into also. It's that uh, Scrubs podcast with oh. uh, um, Turk and JD. The, okay. Well, Zach Braff and uh, what's the other guy's name? I love him, though. But, like, they uh, they talk about movie uh, shows, the episodes that they've done and kind of, like, you know, go behind the scenes to talk about them. Yeah. And also the one that you showed me, which I'm super excited looking forward to, is... Ned's Declassified podcast show that's going to be coming Podcast Survival Guide, yeah. Yes, which I'm super excited for that one. It's so funny that, you know, because Ned's Declassified was a show that I grew up on in my pre-teens and early teens. And I remember it too, but I didn't watch it too much then. Right, but you're just now getting into this stuff when it was popular in my time. Yeah, but kind of look at it now because I kind of knew how that was in middle school. Right. And then looking back at it now and just kind of realizing, wow, this is not just a stupid kid's show. This is actually, for a show at the time, was really smart. I kind of wish they would do more stuff like that. Like with iCarly, for example. Mm-hmm. iCarly used to be a kid's show. But now it's but more now of an they adult re- show. But now they've revamped it for the adult audiences that grew up with that show. Well, that's what Ned's The Classified is doing also for the podcast, or make it more it- adult. I was going to say, it's not quite like that because obviously there are a bunch of celebrities out there who are doing their own podcasts, some of which with different niches and stuff. Yeah. Well, the two girls from The Office, they have their own podcast. Right. And then 
What's her name from Big Bang Theory? Oh, Kelly? No, not Kelly. Oh, no. The girl who played Amy. Oh, yeah. Um, Amy. Oh, wait. Mayim. Mayim? She's the blonde hair one or the... No, she... Amy Farrah Fowler, Sheldon's girlfriend. Oh, she's from Blossom. Yeah. Yeah. She has her own podcast where she talks about physical and mental well-being. Yeah. Everybody has their different thing when they do podcasting. And even Christy Carlson Romano also has her own podcast with a few different people, actually. And it's very interesting to see, like, celebrities come up with these podcasts to kind of not only tell their own stories, but to bring other people like them to tell their own stories and experiences of working in that industry. I think that's what makes it so great, though. It's what makes it very unique and interesting. But I also like people like you and I, people like Ash and Elena from Morbid or Steve and Sean from Mostly Horror or even Johnny and Tyler from That Spooky. When they bring celebrities onto their platform to kind of share their own experiences and to have that interaction between a celebrity and their fans... Yeah. It's very interesting. And I mean, it is almost like a surreal moment because we have these moments when we would go to conventions where we would interact with celebrities and you forget a bit that they are like people like us. But yeah. when you when you talk with them and engage <clears throat> with them, it builds a connection between the two because some I know some celebrities out there are so disconnected from their audiences that they yeah. get a little too in their head but I feel about like, themselves. But I feel like that for but, me is what makes life worth living. When you do little fun things like that, you go meet like stars. Yeah, like when you, you when you meet people who work in that industry that you look up to, like it builds a certain connection or a relationship between the two sides of the industry. Like I said, you have the people who work in the industry and then you have the people who take in that industry, like audience members, critics, whatever. Exactly. You know, it's like, that's why sometimes people, when they go to these conventions, sometimes they'll have really good experiences and great memories to reflect on. And then you have people who have bad experiences with some of these people who are like... Oh, yeah. You there, know. there is that saying that goes, never meet your idols. Right. Because literally, they can be either 50-50. They could be the sweetest people in the world, or they could be the biggest shitheads. Right. And I know we said on the podcast we're going to try to get more people, like guests, on our podcast. And I want to, yes. That'd be great. Get to writing emails, Colin. All right, well, I guess, here for. well I guess I'm the email guy. Yeah, that's what you're here for. Yeah, I'm like... Yeah. I do the recording and editing and posting and maintaining the social medias. You email people. Yep, yeah, because I'm the people's guy. So You're the PR guy. Yep. Yeah. Which, uh, <laughs> what, what does that word mean? P- PR? Public yeah. relations? Oh, I was going to say something else. What like, do you think PR meant? Penis region? No! Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I You're know so it's gross. Not, I know it's not penis region. I knew it was the other one. <sighs> Public relations. Oh, my God. I'm so funny. Anyway. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, anyway, you're not. You're not. You're, you're not. You're uptight. Anyway. Anyway. All right. But let's not be mean. All right? Okay. So the point is, I think we got mostly what we got today for the show. Yeah. I think we had a pretty good conversation. And we had a great it's conversation. It's a little shorter than our usual but that's, episodes. But a lot of these cryptic episodes are probably going to be like, like that. It, yeah, because like we said, these are going to be segments. And depending on how well known some of these cryptids are, yeah. I may or may not have too much information to divulge about them. Yeah. But I know over over the next few months, we'll definitely get more into having conversational pieces and com- like episodes. And yeah. I mean, I'm trying to come up with new ideas. And I know Colin's been trying to come up with ideas, too. But we got to stick to our central theme, which is horror. Yes, it is. 
And was but 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 we could do other things involving with horror that's just like outside the box too. I do have an idea for our next franchise review. Let's not talk about it right now. Fine. All right, because I rather have people like not like don't want you to tell it, and then people get excited and be like, "When's it going to come out?" And then we don't do it. Well, I will say that if I get started on notes right now, I mean, I'm posting this on Sunday. We're recording this on Saturday. If I get started with notes right now, I can get enough ready for part one of possibly two or three part segment of a certain franchise review. Uh, Colin's like, "Is it what I think it is?" I'm like, "Yes." I'm like, "Fuck." God, this is going to be just like that other I was one. Say, <laughs> are you going to watch all of them? No, I'm not going to. Fine. No offense. No offense. It's just there are certain franchises I will not watch. And I watched two or three of these movies in the theater when it first came out. And then okay. afterwards, I gave up on them. I will say this, though. Or did I watch more in the theater? There, I don't know. There is going to come a point in time where I may ask you, like, at least in the part three don't ask me. episode. Don't ask me. I'm going to ask you, what's your favorite, how do I word it without giving it away? What's my favorite scene or? No, like what's your favorite game, game in this franchise? Yeah, people probably already and got it by you're, now. You're going to have to watch all the movies to figure it out. I don't want to. I don't want to play a game. I will say this though, as you watch each movie through the franchise, like, I get it. There's a certain point in which the franchise could have cut off after a certain amount of movies. They needed to stop after two or three. But if you keep watching, the games get more and more intense. And they're more and more... Like, I was talking about it with our buddy Matt the other night. And they're so creative. Which, again, this is just... It's giving a lot more of what we're going to talk about next week. But I'm excited uh, already. Oh, my God. Kill me now. But your birthday's coming up. Oh my god, so is if, it? In 24 days, actually. Yeah, so if you want to do something for your birthday, come up with a concept to talk about that you want to talk about, and we will talk about it. Like, on the podcast? About, yeah. Like, oh my god, I get this pleasure. If there is if there is a movie or a review of some kind you want to do, let me know. I, I will get notes I together. I kind of notice we do this every year for our birthdays. We kind of yeah. do, like, our little fun, like, hey, what would you like to talk about for yourself? Right. It's like a little fun treat for us. You, you know, know I, I kind of like that. That's kind of like a really cool, like, gift, and people can hear it. Right. You know, I'm like, I, this is not just a gift for me, but it's a gift for you guys, too. So we all get this birthday gift on my birthday. Right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited now. Fuck. And now I want to. <laughs> like, I'm excited now. Damn it. It's fuck. But right. anyway. So I guess that really wraps up what we're talking about today. Right. Yep. And I actually enjoyed this. What do you hope for the podcast for 2023? I know we have said this last year, but now that we're already in 2023. I was going to say something stupid like conquer the world. Conquer the world. But no. Conquer the podcast corner. Yes. I want to do what Madonna said when she said back in 1983 on American Bandstand, Dick Clark asked her, what what is your uh, um, goals? What's your goals for this year or any or in your career and she said to take over the future i mean she almost did yes to conquer yeah to, i mean people still yeah. know of madonna but i don't know if she's really put out anything in the yeah. last like, and i was gonna joke about saying that to like conquer the world or something like that but i'm not madonna 1983-esque so yes no but for me 
I don't know. I just want to keep making these episodes and just kind of see what we go from here. Like, kind of right. be spontaneous. And if we do find something that seems to work for us, where we find people, or if something works out that we don't know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. let it happen. I kind of feel the same way. Like You know, you never know what's going to happen in the future. You never know what's what's going to happen tomorrow. The thing right now is I just want to do this podcast, have fun with it like we do. Mm-hmm. And if something comes great out of this, go for it. Because that's the thing my dad always taught me is that if you ask the universe what you really want, sooner or later, it's going to grant your wish. My thing is for 2023 <laughs> for the podcast, I definitely want to talk to more people outside of the two of us because not yeah. for nothing... When we're not recording the podcast and we're not at home doing our own thing, when we go out and we talk to people, I always like talking to people about horror movies face-to-face because, for one thing, it broadens my views and opinions on other movies. Like, I know I've said before, like, I have certain opinions about certain movies and You're no amount... picky. I am kind of picky, but... At least I can have conversations with people where we can talk about our mutual or different likes and dislikes of certain movies, and we can each sit there and respectively say, like, I understand where you're coming from. I may or may not agree with what you think about this movie, but in my opinion, this is my interpretation of it. You just want to hear people's opinions on what their perspectives are. It's keeping an open mind that... Yes. Well, and like I said... Art is subjective, and it's open to different interpretations. I mean, not everybody is going to look at the same movie and think the same way or feel the same way. Mm -hmm. You and I watched X for the first time the other day. What did you? How did you feel about it? I didn't fully watch it. I only watched a little bit of it. But from what I've heard or seen, fucking disturbing. Right. I thought it was very interesting and well written. Honestly, like I thought it. I thought the characters were more than two-dimensional to a certain extent and i thought that even like the people who were being killed off were more than just you know porn stars they like these are people who have dreams and have goals for their life and although some of them do seem to be assholes and narcissists sometimes they're just genuinely decent people who don't mean to harm one another and it's like it it really shows especially in britney snow's character Mm -hmm. like she's just this southern girl understands the porn industry understands what her role is in this movie and knows how to achieve it at the same time she's also this concerned person who looks out for other people even strangers she doesn't even know and probably shouldn't be helping out but that's what makes her character more than just like a two-dimensional blonde girl exactly and i i like that and although i'm fully aware it's an a24 movie and i have my stands on a24 films i will say that what whatever ty west is doing he's doing it better than ari aster is doing i will say yeah. That, and out of all the directors and people who make movies for A24, Ty West seems to know what he's doing, and I do enjoy it. Okay. Pearl was a bit of a stretch, but I now understand after watching X what was happening in Pearl, and I think that that was what made it even more it's what scary. Makes, it's <laughs> what makes more sense to you now. And yeah, because <sighs> if you watch Pearl before you watch X, some things don't add up. No. But then when you watch X, 
some of those things start to click, you know, and it, exactly. it, it, it all kind of comes together. And I'm really looking forward to Maxine, which is going to be the next movie that he puts out. And I want to see how that one goes. But Maxine seems it's probably going to be a very intriguing movie and I can't wait for it. On that note. <laughs> Sorry, it got a little longer than I thought it was going to be. Is, I blame her ADD, but yes. <laughs> blame it on my ADD. And actually, I'm diagnosed ADHD, which is crazy. I was at risk of ADHD by the time I was a senior in high school. Yeah. I don't even know how that is a possibility. Well, I guess having ADHD is probably worse than ADD. But before we go into another, like, yes, wormhole. Well, yeah, well, no, let's go. Yeah, let's probably end. Can we call it that? Whenever we go into an off-topic tangent, we call it an ADHD wormhole. Yeah. That's what we're going to call it. For now. That's going to be one of the concept arts for the podcast, ADHD oh. wormhole. Okay. It's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh. Can we have like a, a, a like a, a also a shirt that's like a the uh, based off the segment of ours with the cryptic thing? And I would just be like, let's really, talk cryptids. No, that word, girl, you so cryptid. No, I want a girl, you so cryptid. No, I want that. No, yeah, and it's no. just like some sassy bitch, like um, uh, some sassy Sasquatch. I actually also speaking of art and stuff. In more ways than one. I know I'm going down another ADHD wormhole. I'm sorry. Well, we gotta we gotta wrap this up. I feel like my first art project for 2023 that's not gonna be digital. It's gonna be color pencil based. I'm gonna draw Art the Clown from Terrifier, and it's gonna be like a still shot from Terrifier 2, which I have yet to see. So and same. So yes. So yeah, we gotta watch All Hallows Eve, Terrifier, and Terrifier 2. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. But other than that, this has been a fun ADHD wormhole episode today, <laughs> and I hope you all enjoyed it. Yes. And stick stick around for the new episodes we're going to be coming out with, and you know, in this year, you know, segments, new episodes, you know, film reviews, stuff like that. If we do talk to people, that'd be sweet too. But other than that, yeah, you gotta we'll get on those emails, Colin. What are you I, doing? I'll PR the shit out of them. Okay, God, <laughs> I will do. It. I'll be the PR guy. All right. And so other than that, this has been an episode of the Abby Normal Podcast. And you are. I'm Aaliyah. And I'm Colin. Signing off saying, girl, you so cryptid. No, you're not. Yes, I am. As always, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We are currently on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Be sure to give us a like, subscribe, or a nice review for our podcast. It helps boost our show positively. You can also follow us on Instagram and now on TikTok.